What is up? Welcome back to Becoming the Character. Um, I'm the voice of this podcast, Dallas Prater. Um, and I actually recorded this podcast live on Clubhouse. And so if you want to join me and record these podcasts live and add some of your opinions and uh, questions and comments and things like that, join the Clubhouse we have below. It's called Becoming the Character Club. Um, it's all about this, the objective about this po- of this podcast, teaching entrepreneurs how to become the character, become somebody that's magnetic and attractive and um therefore influences you know the masses to follow them um, whether it be on social media or in actuality um, and give to them their loyalty their wallets pay for their advice and uh in their adoration and so if you want to talk about that and contribute to the conversation join us on clubhouse and obviously your questions and answers responses and your opinions will be added here to the podcast um this is a community is collective uh, and it's not just about me this is us this is a movement uh to change the narratives that are being perpetuated in society and uh, hopefully form something new for the people of this world. But with that being said, what I want to talk about in this episode is um, really transactional businesses versus transformational businesses. Um, because everybody listening to this podcast is probably an entrepreneur. You know, you're probably somebody that's going hard, as hard as possible every day. And, you know, you're looking towards an outcome and it excuse me, an achievement, uh, an accomplishment or or something like that. And I just wanted to make this episode to say that, you know, really a lot of our time is spent going after the wrong currency. Um, you see on, on the internet, uh, one of the most prevalent topics because most people are in financial strife is how to make money. Some of the premier products sold is, you know, um, how to make money online courses and mentorship and coaching and things like that. Um, and that's transactional, but one of the things that's lacking on the internet is, you know, what, what happens when you go beyond that point? What happens if your fascination, uh, has hit a a point in time where it's beyond monetary gain or financial prowess? Um, what happens when, when, when all your needs are met and you're sufficiently paid? What is the next plateau in the in my opinion, more rewarding plateau that you move that you move on to. That's one of the things that you know the, the online world hardly ever discusses. They don't really have courses and guidance for people who are in that sector, and that's really why I made this podcast. Um, Russell Brunson says, you know, in your journey, you know, a lot of online marketers says there's a point in your journey where your needs are sufficiently met financially. You're good, and you go from worrying about growing and succeeding and, and hitting milestones and getting accolades. Um, your primary driver for joy is no longer accomplishment, personal accomplishment. It's really helping others grow and, you know, uh, helping others accomplish and, and seeing others succeed. Um, it, it shifts from profit to, to impact. Um, and so this podcast is all about how do you become a character in your business um, to drive not only products to a marketplace, but morals, principles and ideas that will help people succeed and therefore impact the world. Um, with a pro- with a product, you know, obviously you change someone's life to some degree, but you largely just profit. It's like Seven Eleven. You come out of it, you've profited. They've, you know, you've profited, and they've gotten candy or a drink or whatever. Um, but if you can embed a character into any business, and you can transmit to the audience shifts in their mindset, shifts in their principles, shifts in their ethics and morality, you can change their spirit as a person by becoming a magnetic spirit that guides the business and that represents the business. Suddenly, people can not only reach, uh, not only receive products, but you can reach them on a spiritual and an emotional uh, level, and you can impact their lives. You go inside of a Seven Eleven, you come out, um, you're not really changed. 
Um, that's a transactional business, a transformational business, a transformational movement on the other hand is a business you go into and your folks, what you believe about the world, your paradigms become shifted through the content, the narratives and ideas of the character leading that business. And therefore, because you believe a new set of things, the trajectory of your life is forever distanced from what it was. Um, that's the difference between a transactional business and a transformational business or a transformational movement. Um, the difference really is in the fact that one has a character. You have to become the character, become the hero of that person's lifetime uh, or that, that person's experience versus one doesn't. And, uh, you know, these two separate entities are, are governed differently and delivers very different results. One is for someone that just wants to profit. And once they hit the wall, they'll move on to contributing and impacting people in society. And that's for people who want to impact people. Um, and uh, I know this conversation that we're having right now may be a little uh, roundabout, a little confusing, but I'm going to tie it all together with the story that I want to tell you. Um, we're often, this is what I said at the beginning of the podcast, which is the main point, um, striving, working for the wrong form of currency. Um, well, let's just go back to high school. Everybody knows I was a wrestler in high school. You know, and wrestling was, during those four years, you know, um, up until like just the last bit, the last you know part of my senior campaign, it was the most important thing in my life. Um, and like like all people in in all walks of life, I wanted accolades, I wanted accomplishments. You know, I wanted to be somebody. I wanted to win a state title, to be honest. But I wanted to dominate and put up the best numbers and the best scores and and all these different things. And I thought that's what was my driver for wrestling. That you know, that's what I thought was my you know what, what caused my love of the sport, my simple. Love for aspiration in, in the currency which it delivered to me, medals and trophies, and I love those things. And you know, I was an MVP, and I keep those things in like, uh, in like my suitcase or in a chest or something like that. I have it all on me to this day, so it is very important for me. But I thought that's what drove me, and I remember starting out on my journey, like many of you may start off on your journey as entrepreneurs, um, just striving to be the best that I can be. A lot of people don't think they can be the best that they can be, or they can be the best entrepreneur, or they can become the character, uh, because. Well, quite simply, they're born or built a certain type of way or they don't know how. And I felt that way when I began my journey, too. Um, but I always aspired and I always tried to find methods. And, you know, what is the quickest way for me to go from where I am to where I want to be was, was the question in my mind when I first started. And so I first started as a scrub, just wrestling in a room, getting beat by pretty much everybody in a room. Uh, no one really checking out for me. Coaches thinking I would fail or flunk out and, you know, never come back like most of the freshmen that, they, they, that walk in there. There was nothing to differentiate me. But I kept my head down and I worked. And one of the things that I did was when I aspired and when I thought about the future, you know, I thought about the people who've had the future that I wanted to, who's, who, who've walked, who've gone the distance. And so in the wrestling room, um, one of the things, one of the unique features of that room that, that they, I think they've painted over by now, but it was the name of all the wrestlers, you know, they, they painted over it and they gotten banners, which my name's on one of those banners. Uh, nowadays, but they had banners in the room. Uh, well, they had painting on the wall of all the wrestlers before us, all the wrestlers who had con and come and gone, but had accomplished great things. And so, uh, on the wall facing um, the outside of the school, it was the JV County Champions. On the wall to the right of that, it was. Um, well, this was at the back. The back of the the wrestling room was the wall of the JV Champions. And I always wanted to be on that wall because you know the people right around me, you know Scott Dangler. Um, you know, the people right around me, you know, rubbing shoulder to shoulder with me were on that wall. Even the people who took second and third place were on that wall. And so some of my, you know, peers, you know, I think Cullen was on that wall. Uh, to the left of us, um, you know, there was a wall with the regional champions. Um, I've made that wall also now. 
but 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 the, you know his regional champions people I looked up to Dustin Shackle oh, I don't know if Dustin won regionals but Stephen Beam it was a list of names on that wall too and on the right side of us it was the the varsity county champs who were on that wall but on the wall like in the very front it was the list of all the state champions that had ever come through that school and I remember just working out every day and jogging and, and busting my ass and you know one of the things I would always do was when the workouts hurt too much and I just had to go to that place in my head to defend myself um, from the onslaught that my coach was raining down on us in order to get us the break I would look up at that wall and I would just read the names and think of all the people who had done this already all the people who come through here all the people who had, who had aspired all the people who, who who wanted to be something and they made it and it just reminded me over and over again that it was possible and I just wanted to be like these people so bad I wanted my name in history I wanted my name on that wall and so I would just grind and just work and just 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 hustle every single day um it became a hypnotizing thing. Like I would look up in the wall and just zone out and just go to a completely different place and just imagine the history and all the matches that he had and all the legendary moments and when they got their hand raised and when they won the state championships and they screaming and the family's rushing on the mat. And that's what, you know, possessed my life into the point. That's that that it absolutely hypnotized me. There's no other way to describe it. And so I would be in the room grinding every single day. Um and, and for for whatever reason, you know, seed was planted in my mind. Like, you know, if I want to be like these people, then maybe I should get around them. Maybe I should talk to them. And so when I was a junior or when I was becoming a, a, I believe when I was a junior is when it originally started. One of the things that my coach did was he started to bring some of these people into the wrestling room. So Dustin Shackleford, Stephen Beam, he started to actually bring these people back because yeah, I think it was it started my junior year because I actually failed all my junior year. And, you know, he was asking me at the, at the regional tournament that I wasn't part of because I had two terrible grades, you know, what I was going to do, what I wanted to do. I was like, man, can you bring, can you bring Scott Dangler back? I want to wrestle with Scott. Can you bring, um, you know, the guys back that had graduated last year because I want to work with them. I want to get better. Um, and he was just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to see what I can do. And so he started bringing the people who have won region and county and state titles back. Stephen Beam, um, who was a, was a former regional champion. Dustin Shackwood, I believe, was a county champion, maybe a region. He placed in the region. He was a really good wrestler. And I started to wrestle with these people. And I started to feel what it took to be state caliber, what it felt to, took to be regional caliber. Um, long story short, uh, you know, that just gave me a feel of what did I need to be. And it really accelerated the process. Senior year, I came back. I put my name on a couple of those walls. Um, I was, I, I, I'm not on a state champion wall, obviously. Um, I didn't place in state, so I'm not on a state placer wall either. Um, but, 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 but I, you know, the rest of the walls other than counties, yeah, I might be on a county wall too as a, as a runner up, but the rest of the walls I'm on. Uh, and it was just through just driving constantly and listening and, and linking with the people who were ahead of me in the game. It really accelerated my process because I didn't have to learn and experiment and figure out things on my own. It was the coach guiding me. It was the people who've done it was guiding me and it helped me get there faster. And, um, when all was said and done, I was really happy and proud and accomplished, um, you know, I felt felt pride and, and joy for my accomplishments. I really did. Um, it was unlike anything else. But um, one of the things that surprised me about it all was that I really felt joy just, you know, in, in those last weeks. One of the things that drove my joy the most was being around the community, being around the family that we built and the bonds that we built in that wrestling room. And I realized despite the fact that I'd won regional regional title or county title, um, when I was winning these titles, uh, because the team was thinning out, you know, and not everybody made it to the postseason, um, you know, 
the joy that I had received from each moment was tremendous, but it meant less with each teammate that left. You know, these people around me, they, they provided context for what it was that we were going after. Uh, they provided a baseline to understand our accomplishments and what we, what we aspire to do. Um, and by the end of the season, you know, I was very happy about what had gone on, but truth be told, I was very sad that it was all over and that, you know, the moments and the laughs and, 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 and everything that we shared uh, was, was, was no more. Um, from there, I was kind of lost in life. I was kind of wandering. I was like a ghost, you know, just wandering through the streets in my neighborhood. I remember right after the States, man, I was, was walking down the street and it was snow piled up on the side of the sidewalks and, you know, water coming, coming down the sidewalks from the snow that had melted. And I'm just feeling like empty inside because, uh, again, you know, we accomplished great things and we had had all these medals, but now it was over. I was alone and I didn't have any friends. And, you know, the people who, who, who supported me and loved me through it all and that I derived most of my pride and, and from the people who I fought for, the people I fought with, you know, they, were, they weren't a part of these things and all I had was medals. And so the next year came around and uh, I really, you know, didn't do much that summertime up until because I was in a relationship now and, you know, this was what my life was. I debated over the summertime if I would go to college and wrestle, but that didn't happen. And so... Um, despite the fact that a few coaches allegedly wanted me to wrestle down in uh, West Virginia and also in Western Maryland. Uh, you fast forward if you, um, like to, to the next year, and it was probably March. I was in March. I was preparing for the Mawa tournament. It was the Mawa National Tournament. And I was working where I would work normally during the summer times when we hadn't had practice at school. I work at, 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 a, at a county called Dundalk. And... Uh, at a gym called Matt Monsters, and I would work with, you know, my, my the person who beat me for the uh, county title, actually, uh, and his brother, uh, who was the coach of that of, of that place, his name was Coach Britt, uh, he was Coach Fit. you know, these, these were the homies, and so I'm over there, I'm wrestling, and uh, it was also uh, Matt, you know, shout out to Matt, um, Matt McGillius, as he calls himself on the social media, and I'm wrestling and preparing for this tournament. Uh, really, you know, I started late in preparation for the tournament, but I think this tournament was sometime in March, and I started preparing in March, or it might have been in, in uh, it might have been in March, and I started preparing in February or something like that, or January. But I'm preparing for this tournament, I'm getting ready for this tournament, and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to recapture, you know, the feeling that I had all that time ago, you know, when I step on the mats. And uh, long story short, this tournament comes around, the Mile Tournaments, and, you know, I get on the mat, and I'm training with a partner of mine, Matt, actually, from, from the wrestling club, and um, one of the things that kind of drove the dagger that I had felt that entire past year after wrestling in it a little deeper was that wrestling on that mat, and even if I had won the tournament, it was, it was an empty experience. It was the craziest thing I ever experienced in my life. You know, I love this sport more than anything. But doing it alone wasn't fulfilling. You know, doing it alone didn't feel like how it felt back then. And um, I remember just really not not really even wanting to perform, being scared and, and, and really having no buffer for that fear. Like, okay, well, at least we have friends and family. At least it's worth it because we have people around us that we can talk to, that we can enjoy. And uh, I wrestled my matches that day. Uh, I ended up taking second. This was only the district level of that tournament. But I'm placing silver. I had lost to a guy from Northern. And uh, then I had went to my girlfriend's play after that. And the entire event was, you know, it was, it was cool. But it wasn't like how it was. 
It wasn't like back in high school. It wasn't like a story. It wasn't like a quest. It didn't have the magic that it had before. Now, the sport means more than anything to me, but the sport was amplified not by the accolades and the accomplishments. Those were empty and hollow at the end of the day. What it was amplified by was the community. What it was amplified by was 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 the masses, the people around me that, you know, the, the family of it all, the people that, you know, fought alongside you and strived in this mission, strived in this journey to make it all happen. Um, and it was just then, you know, at the end of it all that I realized, like, the real currency that delivers to us joy is community it's the love the acceptance and all that that comes with it you know I realized after the fact you know years down the line 2018 19 20 maybe even this year I don't remember when I started thinking about this that is that I, I, I had never had someone be proud of me I had never really felt like loved or admired or, or any of these things or that like I did a good job in my life it wasn't until I was wrestling as a sophomore and I won that first county, JV County title, and the crowd went absolutely wild that I finally felt validated. I finally felt like somebody was proud of me. I finally well, felt like I did something worth cheering for, or did something that had any value at all. And it had become a drug to me. And I was chasing that love. I was chasing that admiration. I was chasing that validation. And I think this is a part of human psychology. I think this is part of what drives us as humans every day. You know, it's not the gold medal. It's not the accomplishment. It's not the win. It's the status that it brings us all. We do things because of status. But there's no status without context. You understand what I mean? And so at the end of the day, everything we do is meaningless unless there's a community, unless there's a mass, unless there's following, unless there's status which is derived from people, unless there's people behind it. People are the real jewels of our journey. That's really all I made this podcast to say. People are the real jewels of our journey. And so while we may think that, you know, having the nice house or having the, you know, being a millionaire or all these things is important, you know, what you really get out of it is the people that you can re recall that with, you know, or remember that with at the end of the day, uh, that's where the real joy comes from. You know, uh, when you're at the end of this, you know, whatever journey you're on, imagine looking back and, you know, all you have are memories that you can't even share with other people because they weren't there. They can't relate. They didn't feel that way. Lil B, the bass guy, one of my favorite rappers, he has a line about this. He says, hard drive, man, it's all about the memory. You know? Like, imagine those nights or days in football where you're running up the hill and, you know, it's raining, you're doing hills and, you know, in the rain and you're practicing hard and everybody's miserable you know, hard drive. It's all about the memory. You know, uh, think about how those things felt because you had team, you had family, you had people around you to, to, to experience it with. That's just how the human mind works. Even my girlfriend was talking about her and her experience as an actor. Um, she loved being in class. You know, uh, while she loved acting, community is what solidified it for her. And so community and people are, not only are they the primary drivers of our ambitions, of our talents, of our greatest skill, but they really are what, what, what we as humans derive joy from. They are our currency. And so beyond the journeys that we're on to make money and to profit and to be someone, you know, uh, the journey to gather love and adoration and also pay because 
you know, you you know, the best way to 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 be paid is to be loved and adored uh, in this society, believe it or not. Um, the more important surreptitious journey that we all ignore is the journey to gather following, to gather community, to gather a mass, to gather a, a, a tribe that you really can relate to, that you really can revel in. What we all want at the end of the day is love. What we all want at the day is status. What we all want at the end of the day is community. And so while many people teach online business or how to make money online, um, I think one of the greatest ways to make money online is to have a community that will pay you for your ideas. That's what all this podcast is about. Become a character that can that is attractive, that is magnetic to the point where people can't help but follow you. People can't help but adore. People can't help but watch. People can't help but be your cult. Um, that level of influence is what this podcast is all about. Um, and that is more important and is a greater reward than anything that we can ever imagine. And I want to say, I say this as a person who really doesn't like people too much. Uh, for some reason, it's, it's our currency regardless. I'm introverted. I don't talk to my family or my friends like ever. Uh, I try to avoid them. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I just feel worse when people are not around, even though I feel like I don't want them around. I don't, it's, hard, it's hard to explain. You just kind of got to feel me. Just just realize this if you get anything from this. Building a following, a mass movement of people who are like you, who relate to you, who believe in and feel your ideas, who empathize with you, who carry you through the hard moments, will get you paid a lot faster, will build your business a lot faster, but it is also your ultimate currency and it will satisfy you and bring you joy a lot faster. Um, if you look at any moment in your life, it'll be it'll follow this format, it'll follow this pattern. Whether you're an introvert, whether you're a recluse, so much people refer to me as a recluse because, like, my parents call me stranger because I don't call very often because I don't really like to do that type of stuff. Um, but it is your ultimate currency at the end of the day. Um, and if you feel like you don't want to be around people, maybe you just haven't found the right people. That's really all I have to say for this episode. Um, tune in, become the character, become magnetic, become influential, build your cult, build your build your people, build your tribe. And, you know, ultimately make a drive, a hard drive to the memories that you want to accomplish, the memories that you want to reap from this world. With that being said, I have nothing else to say in this episode. This was recorded in our clubhouse group, Becoming the Character Club. So go down below in the description, regardless of which site you want, and join the clubhouse group. I want you to be part of these episodes. I want to include your questions. I want to include your your, your ideas, your thoughts. And I want to build this podcast out together. Okay. Um. What, uh, also, I do want to say we have the Becoming the Character. Actually, we're changing the title. The Becoming the Hero Summit. Um, we're, 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 you know, that, that, that summit is, is it's a free summit. It'll be live for four days. Um, it, the summit goes live on September 28th. Okay. And essentially what the Becoming the Hero Summit is about is that all our communities, no matter who you are worldwide, they need heroes. They need icons. They need role models. They need people to look up to. And while you think what it is that you do is is is, is maybe not important or not 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 the most fabulous or, or interesting thing in the world, truth of the matter is that no matter who you are, you have a skill, you have an ability, you have an innate talent that people will look up to you and admire you and follow you to the ends of the earth because they're fascinated with it. You have a talent that people would want to learn. Um, and with that being said, no matter who you are, 
you are the role model. You are the inspiration. You are the hero your community needs. And so the Becoming the Hero Summit is all about the tactics and strategies to become and step into that role and become that character. How is it you become a magnetic and influential hero? You know, the golden boy of your community that they can all rally behind, that they can all follow, um, that they all can believe in and look up to and be changed forevermore by. Um, and the way that Summit teaches you how to do it, it takes 20 to 30 heroes, hometown heroes that have already done it. Massively influential entrepreneurs that are extremely wealthy and influential, obviously, and they teach you step by step. If they had no name tomorrow, because they have millions of people following them now, how they would build it all back, how they would build all the following loyalty, you know, the money that comes from those things in admiration, I mean, adoration back within 30 days. And so you want to hear some of these speakers because they don't often share what they think. They don't often, you know, share these tactics and strategies. They're pretty hidden, pretty secretive about it. And so you get to listen to these speakers speak on this for four days live on September 28th. And when the summit is done, it's done. It may be gone forever. So I want you to join the clubhouse, okay? And we're going to we're going to air that live in the clubhouse and also on the Facebook group. Both links will be down below on September 28th. You do not want to miss this summit. It'll actually blow you away and it'll change your mind. If you want to be a hero, if you want to be the hometown hero, this is your chance. This is your opportunity. These are people that I'm actively learning from. Also in the clubhouse, we're going to go live with some of these people, maybe in advance, uh, talk about some of the, the tactics and strategies that some of these people have, you know, know and, and share uh, that they use in their daily lives. So go and join the clubhouse below. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, I also want you to listen to this podcast because we'll share more information about that on this podcast too and more ideas like the ones that you learned today. So subscribe to this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, rate and review so more people like yourself can come and listen to this podcast. Uh, that being said, I have to actually go and do some laundry. My name is Dallas Prater, the voice of this podcast, and this is Becoming the Character. Um, I hope you're out there being the best character you can be. Peace out.